0: If you enjoy this show, you will enjoy the new novel Alice Isn't Dead, a standalone, complete reimagining of this story. It's out now. Find it wherever you encounter books or at aliceisn'tdead.com.
1: Sylvia was on the ground, trembling, and I understood. She did too. I took her hand guess that was my life, she said. It's not like that, I said back, cradling her head. Oh, it is. And it wasn't too long of a laugh. But at least I get to live it forever now. Her trembling increased. It wasn't like shivering or the spasm of muscles. It was like all of her atoms were vibrating with more and more intensity. She became blurry. When a person believes in an idea, or an ideal, or a view of the world, it can change them. It can shape them completely. The blurriness subsided, and there was a person exactly Sylvia's size in a hoodie. Looking in the hood, I could still see Sylvia's face looking back. I want you to know that I chose this, she said. I could have gone another way, but I wanted this. Then her face was gone, and there was only the empty black of the oracle. It was always people. This soul were people, and the oracles were people, and we were all just people struggling for an idea of what being a person should be like. If people could do all this, then we could undo it. It was time.
0: isn't dead by Joseph Fink, performed by Jessica Nicole and Erica Livingston, produced by Disparition. Part 3, Chapter 9, Praxis
2: This field was supposed to be a housing tract, backed when houses went up faster than bad loans could be issued for them. Then it all collapsed, and so did the company building the houses and the company that owned the land, and it all got tied up in so much legal and financial wrangling that this stretch of dirt and concrete with a fallen-down chain-link fence around it will stand vacant for another hundred years. It was miles from the nearest town, but the contractor had started by building a road to it, so it wasn't any problem for us to arrive. All in all, Lucy had picked well for this confrontation. And as our ragtag group of Praxis faithful arrived in convoy, there was Lucy waiting for us. Behind her was a seething mass of thistlemen, practically crawling over each other in anticipation of blood and shouting wild welcomes at the arrivals. Already we were outnumbered, and that wasn't accounting for the difference in strength between a normal person and a thistleman. Us? We had one oracle who had once been named Sylvia, and now, well, now I don't know if they have a name. I don't know how that works. I looked at Lucy, this woman I had once trusted completely, who had plucked me from a tedious but happy life into a great conflict for the good of humanity, a conflict that was a lie. Hi, Alice, she said, thanks for coming. I didn't say anything back. There was nothing left to say.
1: Just after dawn, we were waiting to leave, and then what? We didn't know, but we had a good sense. A lot of us were about to die, and we sat with that. We tried to make it okay. It wasn't okay. An older woman came over. She once worked at the front desk of the Dutchess County Sheriff's Office in Poughkeepsie. Hi, Sharon, I said. You really got us into it with this, didn't you? She said. Yeah, I suppose I did, I said. I lived a good life, she said. I thought maybe that would mean something. Now I'm just scared. It all means something, I said. Even your fear. We sat in silence for a bit. I've thought it over and over, you know, she said. And in every possible version of this, I still give you that damn tape. (laughs) Shows how smart I am.
2: There was a moment when we weren't moving and then there was a moment where we were i don't remember who moved first probably the oracle that had once been sylvia they had such speed now there was a power to them a crackle all the oracles had power but this transformation was so new it still bled energy like an open wound in space and time i could feel it as they passed me a waver in the air a vibration in my stomach and they threw themselves into the army of thistlemen, men followed by our small and brave crowd of Praxis. I knew it wasn't enough people, but we had a plan and the plan was entirely out of our control. So Keisha and I, we set our eyes on Lucy and we charged howling. If we died this day, we would die fighting for what we stood for and there are worse ways to end a life.
1: Tanya had them laughing, he always did. There is an energy to Tanya, the kind that makes everyone relax, even when he seemed kind of keyed up. And he seemed more than a little keyed up this morning. Hate waiting, he said. I would annoy the shit out of my softball team while I was waiting to go to bat. I just wanted it to be my turn. He grinned. Good athlete, but a little too aggressive to be a good teammate. (laughs) Story of my life. That's not the whole story of your life, I said. No, that's true. But none of us are going to live to hear the whole one, he said. Which is fine. I like moving. I hate talking. You hate talking, I said, poking him with an elbow. He laughed. (laughs) Well, okay, you got me there. But that's just me marking out time until I can get my hands on them. Ready. Oh, I'm
2: ready. I went for Lucy first. And she was prepared for that. She had judged our relative anger, had realized I would feel the betrayal most keenly. Keisha only knew her as a mysterious Bay and Creek commander, as a quarry, but I knew Lucy as a friend. So I went right for her face and she was ready. I was knocked to the ground with a quick kick to the knee, and then Lucy went to stomp on my throat. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by the ruthless speed with which she moved to kill me, but I was stunned. And then Keisha, oh Keisha, she grabbed Lucy in a chokehold, yanking her away from me. Lucy elbowed backwards into Keisha's kidney and Keisha collapsed, but I had gotten up by then and attacked distracting Lucy enough for Keisha to pop her right in the base of the spine, and Lucy was down. I felt triumphant, but Lucy lunged upwards a moment later, headfirst into my stomach. Air left me. She was more than a match for the two of us. I hadn't even had a chance to see how the rest of our group was doing. I heard the coarse hollering of the thistlemen men all around us.
1: Daniel, who once had been the store clerk at the Easy Stop in Swansea, South Carolina, he couldn't stop shivering. In the warm morning, he shivered and shivered. I put my arm around him. I'm not scared, he said. Why the hell not, I said, the rest of us are. I'm not trying to be tough, he said. I've never been tough. But I don't feel scared. I don't feel anything. I think it's all become motion for me. Everything that I'm supposed to feel, it's instead evaporating out of me as a tremble. You have to teach me that trick sometime, I said. He looked at his phone. We got about three hours left for me to teach you, he said. Then, He didn't respond, just left my arm around him and absorbed some of his fear as vibration. We shook together, and he was right. It didn't feel like fear, it felt like movement.
2: We were losing. I don't know how else to say it, and it was only what we knew would happen, I suppose. None of us had expected to walk away from the day. We had dreamt our last dreams the night before. Lucy looked more or less as she had when this fight had started, and Keisha and I were stumbling and groaning. Beyond us, the oracle that had once been Sylvia could only do so much against so many thistlemen. And the people of who had come with us? Well, what had we hoped for? I wondered for a moment. But then... At the edge of the field, I saw another oracle, and then a third oracle next to them. And behind the oracles, blurry in my sweat and blood-smeared vision, I saw hundreds of people, maybe thousands. Even in the swoon of my pain, I felt redeeming joy. It was Praxis. Laurel smiled up at me,
1: and I sat next to her. What are you going to do after this? I said. Do you have plans? She said. Most definitively, yes, I said. Hmm, she said. Don't even start with maybe in a better world, I said. I've had some experience recently with wishing for a better world. And I don't think one exists. We play the world we're dealt. I'll go back home probably, she said. I like it up there on the Cape. I like the way the sea smells sweeping up the cliffs. I like my job. Any sign of the black barge, I said. No, she said. No, I think it's gone. I don't look for it anymore. There wasn't ever anything to find anyway. She squeezed my arm. Keisha of my kinder world, she said. It's been a pleasure and a heartbreak knowing you.
2: There were those we organized and those organized by those we organized and so on. A sprawling network all over the country, thousands of hands. And what if they all reached as one? And what if they all grasped? We were held together by a vision of the world. We had told Sylvia, or the oracle, she had become our plan, and the oracles had scattered out to every praxis group in the country. They passed on the word. Now was the time. Here was the place, and the people came. Or some of them, I don't know what percentage of them came. Enough, I suppose. They didn't even know what they were coming to do. They moved on faith and on commitment to each other. Now they peered in horror at the bloody battle in front of them, realizing in that moment that far more was being asked of them than they had understood. And then? Then they continued to move forward, some of them into a jog and then into a run, and they were charging ordinary people from ordinary places and everything was being asked of them and they were saying yes.
1: Now here's what I thought I'd never see. Ramon and Donna, late of a burger restaurant that followed me and Sylvia around the country. Always nice to see your face, said Donna, and Ramon nodded a gruff hello. Surprised to see you, I said. I don't know if this is the kind of praxis you all were talking about, but it's the kind we made." Ah, praxis was never a centralized kind of organization, said Donna. This is as much praxis as anything else. We will join you today, said Ramon quietly. It's not a smart thing we're doing, I said. Oh, Ramon and I aren't smart. Donna said, laughing. Smart is overrated sometimes. We're two pairs of hands, you know.
2: This new crowd crested over the thistlemen and they yelped in confusion. They were strong, but here were numbers and the math became undeniable. Lucy glanced behind her and I saw the like, slight sag in her face. She seemed to search for some eloquent response to her situation. Fuck, she settled on. Keisha started for Lucy with a steady and final posture. This was it for her. Just because you have the crowds doesn't change who you are, said Lucy. I've been doing this a lot longer than you. You fight me, you'll die. Keisha barked a laugh. Who I am, she said. I'm afraid, but I'm going to do this anyway. And that's who I am. I tried to find some strength to get to Lucy before Keisha, but already Keisha was upon her and there was a flurry of arms and blood and I couldn't even see who had the upper hand until I knew it was Lucy. She was straddling Keisha and she had a knife in her hand and I was about to watch my wife die and I couldn't get to her in time. I just couldn't. Picture an ocean a few hours before a storm when the light grows heavy. Picture a plant dying for lack of rain and the slow drift downwards of its dry limbs. Picture my wife's heart beating, pushing life through her body, and I only wanted for it to keep beating. Please keep living. Then Keisha tensed her body and flipped Lucy to the ground, and before Lucy or I or anyone could have reacted, Keisha smashed Lucy's head into the concrete foundation of a house that would never be built. Lucy's eyes immediately went vacant and her hand slipped loose the knife. But Keisha didn't stop again and again. Thump, thump. She rose, blood all over her. I killed her, she said. You saved me, I said. She did.
1: I just want to feel useful, said Sylvia. I'm never useful. This was a few nights before she changed. I think you've been very useful, I said. Maybe. But maybe there's a difference between being useful and feeling useful. I don't know if I would have been able to do half of what I did without your example, I said. That's a sweet lie, and don't ever tell me the truth. She smiled a sleepy smile. I want to say that we had a long conversation, that we went through our childhoods and made promises that we couldn't keep. But we didn't. We sat in the silence of tired contentment. I wish I could have protected her but I guess I'll have to accept that instead, she protected me.
2: It was over. I looked at the dead on the ground and I didn't recognize any of them. So many strangers who had come to die here at our feet, but not for us, for each other. I recognized that although we had been the catalyst, we were not the cause. It's important to never get that confused. And I'm lying, I did recognize a few of them. Some of those that came with us didn't make it and I'm sorry, I'm not going to say who. Some were luckier than others. No one gave more than anyone else and all should be honored. An Oracle
1: whose name we once knew, but who now had no name, stood beside us. Is it over? I said. For you, yes, they said. I am still fighting them. And I am meeting you for the first time. And I am hundreds of years from now. Everything I'm saying is only what I said in this moment. I can't change a word. What if I tickled you? I said. I don't know where that joke came from. When you're in shock, your brain twists on you. The Oracle laughed. You don't, they said. I don't know what would have happened if you did. Keisha, I want you to know two things. What is it? I said. I feel of good use. That is the first. The second is this. You can go home now. Go home.
0: check out aliceisntdead.com for more information on this show and our merch like the Alice Isn't Dead Map of America, tracing Keisha's three-season journey around our country with hand-drawn art of her many misadventures, available in three different sizes, from small to oh my god, it's gorgeous, or get the memorable Alice Isn't Dead logo as a shirt or an enamel pin, and more, all of that at Alice isn't dead.com. This show would not be possible without our Patreon supporters, such as the fancy Scott Burkhead, the melodic Steve Harper, the modern Wendy Hewitt, the quick Lisa Campbell, the cuddly Richard Young, and the gentle Sean White. If you would like to join these folks in helping us make the show, please check out patreon.com slash Isn't Dead, where you can get rewards like director's commentary on every episode, behind-the-scenes updates, bonus episodes, and a chance to read the Alice novel before anyone else. I know, there's not a lot of series left, but boy, we would appreciate the help with getting over that line. That's patreon.com slash Alice Isn't Dead. So, there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me, Joseph Fink, and Meg Bashminer, voice of the Night Vale credits and MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship, year by year, without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then, on July 20th, the Halloween moon my first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you're a fan of Alice Isn't Dead, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Today's quote, but even while we are talking and meditating about the Earth's orbit and the solar system, What we feel and adjust our movements to is the stable earth and the changing day. From Middlemarch, by George Elliott.
2: This has been a production of Night Vale Presents. Find out more about us and our shows at nightvalepresents.com.
0: Creators of Welcome to Nightvale, Alice Isn't Dead, and Within the Wires comes a new Audible original. Unlicensed. In the outskirts of Los Angeles, where the cul-de-sacs and strip malls sprawl into the desert, two unlicensed private investigators scrape by on whatever small cases come their way. But when a teenage girl pleads for them to take the strangest case of their career, this unlikely pair, with no resources and no backup, will follow a trail of seemingly unconnected cases, which will lead them to a ransom a murder, a mysterious wellness center, and a conspiracy that might go all the way to the governor. It's important to catch
1: small fires early. They don't stay small for long.
0: Unlicensed. Available now at audible.com slash unlicensed.